I'm Tisha Stout, which is Gannon's stepmother. Why are you saying Gannon is dead? He is not dead. We are going to find Gannon. I need Hartley, because they want you to verify was Gannon at home after the hike. Because you didn't go to the hike, but you came home from work. Do you want me to just say yes? No, just ask the question. Yes, you, you came home from work, and you, ver you couldn't verify Gannon was at home. The message for Gannon I have is, Gannon, when you get here, you'll be able to truly tell what happened. And then I really hope I get a sincere apology from everyone who has made all those things, especially from my husband. We just wanted to add a message to Gannon from my family, is that we love you and miss you. And we hope that you come home soon. And Gannon, I can't wait you can come home and let everyone know that you're okay. We love you. Hey, hello, how are you? Welcome back to my show, my weird friends. I felt hesitant uploading an episode in the midst of the entire world crumbling. So many people sick or dying and losing their jobs. I just felt very weird, even considering an upload for this week, almost like I was being ignorant or not taking this pandemic seriously. However, I was on Facebook the other day and a lady I follow was doing a live video and she was just doing her makeup. She sells unique, but that's besides the point. She wasn't trying to push sales. She was just entertaining, just a chit chat entertainment. And I appreciated watching her video so much. It was the distraction I needed from the news and the fear and the anxiety that seems to be and everyday normal nowadays. So I thought, why not? Why not distract you? Give you an episode to listen to when you are bored inside your homes or driving or putting you to sleep. I just felt like this was a way I could serve my listeners. Distract you for a split second and remind you everything is going to be okay. This too shall pass. I might be doing more frequent and sporadic uploads with all of the time on my hands at home. I might choose to do smaller and shorter episodes, but still give you something to look forward to. Thank you for listening, even when the world is in the hot seat. Thank you for your continued support. So sit back, relax, and listen to my story time. You are listening to part three in the murder of Gannon Stout.
It is a sad update, but I must break the news and do so at the beginning so we can work backwards and make some things fit into the timeline. I hate to inform you, 11-year-old Gannon Stauk from Colorado Springs, Colorado, who has been reported missing since January 27th, has been found in Pace, Florida, deceased. His remains were found by construction workers in Santa Rosa County near Escambia River Bridge in Pace, Florida, about 15 miles north of Pensacola. This took place on Wednesday, March 18th. El Paso County Sheriff's Office in Colorado Springs was contacted by Santa Rosa County Sheriff's officials in regards to a deceased juvenile male found off Highway 90. An autopsy was performed by the District 1 medical examiner in the Santa Rosa jurisdiction. The examiner was able to attentively identify the remains as Gannon Stauk. So let's back up just a little bit. The location of the body discovery is 1,400 miles from Colorado Springs. And if you remember, Tisha Stauk was arrested and formally charged with murder in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Pace, Florida to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina is approximately 669 miles and about a 10-hour, 42-minute drive. It's still yet to be confirmed the route Tisha took on her journey back to the East Coast before her arrest. Did she fly? Did she drive? Did she hop on her broom? A source has mentioned Tisha drove with two aunts, her daughter Harley, and an unspecified young male. The young male drove the white moving van with one of the aunts and the other aunt, Tisha and Harley, drove separately behind the van in a four-door car. The police were tracking Tisha's every move from the day she reported Gannon missing, so I'm confident they were on her tail before she left Colorado back to South Carolina. So I'm wondering if authorities were aware of the possibility Gannon could have been transported over state lines. Gannon's body was found in a suitcase in some weeds and shrubs under a bridge. Tisha could have made a detour on her way back to Myrtle Beach, tossed him off the bridge, or carried him down, hoping the river would eventually wash him away to deeper water. I find it very odd a vehicle of three people plus the two driving the moving van were not alarmed if she wanted to detour or visit a specific location, dispose of anything, especially a suitcase. That is something pretty obvious and odd to be thrown off the side of a bridge, given the circumstances and allegations made against you. Excuse me too for lack of better words, I'm trying to be sensitive with this topic, but how in the hell did she put a body in a suitcase transport it over state lines with family and mask the smell of a now week-old decomposing body. I'm going to offer up my theory based on some statements officials in El Paso County have made, but first, let me list the new charges Tisha is facing now that Gannon has been recovered. In a press conference, Michael Allen, who is the deputy district attorney, announced Letitia Stauk has been charged with nine more criminal charges that will be added in addition to the four charges she already has. Now, Tisha has 13 pending charges, 
The new charges are as follows. Murder in the first degree after deliberation. This is a class one felony and if convicted can carry a sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole. Tisha was also charged with eight counts of a crime of violence for alleged use of a firearm, blunt instrument, a knife or other sharp object, and for the death of Gannon Stout. Michael Allen also stated the authorities are confident that they have enough evidence to lead them to believe that the crime took place in Colorado. They would not have been able to charge Tisha with these crimes if they were not confident the crime took place in their jurisdiction. There is a gag order in place and Michael Allen and the 4th Judicial District Attorney's Office have remained very professional and openly stating Tisha is presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. I mean, she's totally guilty though. This is why I'm not an attorney. I would suck. Like, suck. So I have scratched my head a little bit on the two counts of murder in the first degree. Let me briefly refresh your memory of the charges Tisha initially was charged with. Murder in the first degree of a child under 12 years of age in a position of trust with respect to the victim. Child abuse resulting in death tampering with a deceased human body, and tampering with physical evidence. So I was curious why there are two counts of murder in the first degree. So from my understanding and asking an attorney, the initial murder charge of the child under 12 and in the position of trust with respect to the victim, that charge would have been easier to prove for lack of better terms. It would require less to prove in a trial, especially with the possibility that they might have to try Tisha without a body. Now that they do have a body, new charges emerged and also with alleged evidence to prove that it was with premeditation and after deliberation. I'm going to get into the eight counts of a crime of violence, but first... I read something interesting that I had not yet heard before this. An article on Crime Online that provided the original documents from the district attorney's office listing the charges Tisha was being charged with, as well as the endorsed witness list, which included 20 whole pages worth of names, too many for me to count. Some and the majority of those on the witness list were members of the sheriff's department, FBI, and other officials, as well as some members of the public and specified community. I am going to quote the paragraph I found most interesting and alarming in regard to her tampering with a deceased human body. Quote, Stauk is also accused of mutilating, concealing, or altering a human body part of a human body or human remains with the intent to impair the appearance as well as concealing and or altering physical evidence, end quote. Now, this could mean she hid the remains, moved the remains like we all suspect she did. However, I wonder if Tisha mutilated the remains of Gannon in order to fit him into the suitcase or somehow disguise him so that he could not be identified. Gannon was small, but a very tall kid, weighing approximately 90 pounds. And I mean, I know that there are large suitcases nowadays, so who knows what happened and what she did to him. I just thought that that was an interesting read. 
Now back to the eight counts of crime of violence with alleged use of a firearm, blunt instrument, knife, and or other sharp object. When this news broke, we all kind of speculated that this meant that they were kind of confirming that he had a gunshot wound or a stab wound and trauma from a blunt force object. However, just last night, it was confirmed by Catherine Silver on Channel 11 News that Gannon was in fact shot, stabbed, and beaten before being placed and discarded in the suitcase. This to me is sickening. I am not surprised anymore by Tasha's actions. The more the truth leaks to the surface, I am just not surprised how sick and twisted she turned out to be. This seems like such an overkill. This doesn't rub off as an accident and then a cover-up to me anymore. I cannot fathom why, why and how she did this and why she thought she could get away with this. Why has she not owned up to it and told authorities where his remains were or confessed at this point? This proves how sick and cold-hearted this woman is. She already took Gannon's life. She has already been caught and sitting in jail. Why not give the family some form of peace and closure and give it up? Stop spinning the web of lies. She has ruined not only her own life, but she's taken a life and ruined countless of other people's lives affected by this. Her own daughter, Harley, for that matter. I was also confused by the wording from the medical examiner, quote, tentatively identified. What does that mean and how does that differ from a positive identification? Again, after speaking with an attorney who is used to hearing terms like this, and I am so not, she mentioned this could be due to the condition of the body. Gannon had been missing and probably dead since January 27th. He was found March 18th. In Florida, of all places where it's warmer and humid, he has been inside the suitcase for eight weeks, roughly 57 days. I am no decomposition expert. However, the condition of the body was most likely not in a good, intact condition. The examiner may have been able to identify something, an object, clothing, or something leaking the remains to Gannon or the family and further be able to attentively identify him while waiting for more tests and samples, comparing dental records, DNA, or something solid to positively identify him as Gannon Stalk. The authorities must be confident that this is Gannon in order to release the information in a press conference. The family was informed well before the information was leaked and media caught wind. I cannot imagine the heartache but relief that they must feel knowing this is the solid proof he is deceased, but he has also been found and they can properly grieve and respectfully lay him to rest. Michael Allen in the press conference stated the family is rightfully devastated. They have been holding onto faith and hope Gannon was still alive. He stated, quote, our hearts are with Gannon's family and friends, end quote. Another repetition I have picked up on from Michael Allen in his statements is, quote, we will not try this case in the media. And I think this proves furthermore how serious and dedicated this team is to gathering evidence, proving facts, trying Tisha the proper way to ensure there is no room for error or 
the possibility of a technicality. They are wanting to respect the case and evidence, not releasing anything that could hinder the case or investigation. I know it is sometimes difficult to be left with so many unanswered questions and curiosity, myself included, but we have to respect and remember that this is an 11-year-old boy who lost his life. There is family, friends, community, and even authorities grieving. This is not another reality TV show. This is actual reality for the family who is feeling the void of not having Gannon come home. The family will decide the timeline of when Gannon or if he will be brought back to Colorado. Rumors have it that Landon Hyatt, Gannon's mother, wants to bury him in South Carolina where he was raised the majority of his short life. Let's back up a little bit further after this short word from this week's sponsor. Here's something different. True Crime XS is a podcast about a serial killer, but it's not really about the serial killer. I mean, it's actually about finding the bodies of the victims of the serial killer. A group of investigators analyzed the FBI files, missing persons cases, and the interviews of Israel Keys, who was captured in 2012 and died before revealing most of his crimes. Investigators say they have pieced together not just a list of his likely victims, but also their likely resting places. They know where the bodies are buried. I don't know if that's interesting or crazy, but I'm definitely hooked. You can find it on your favorite podcast service. Just search for True Crime XS and listen today. Tisha Stauk was arrested in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where she was booked in the Horry County Jail, where she declined to fight the extradition process. She was transported back to Colorado, unknown which day and how due to safety procedures. It's safe to say Tisha Stauk is probably one of the world's top hated people right now. However, it was reported on the journey back to home sweet Colorado Tisha was able to slip out of her cuffs and she assaulted a deputy in the back of the transport vehicle. The deputy was taken to a nearby hospital with injuries and Tisha was booked into a Kansas County jail for 12 hours before making the rest of her journey home. Is Tisha really that bonkers? Who knows? Well, probably, but I think maybe this was an added bonus to ensure she wasn't placed in general population back in El Paso County Jail. I don't know if they will ever place her in population or keep her isolated so she doesn't hurt herself or others, but mainly so people don't hurt her. March 11th, Tisha made her first appearance in court in El Paso County Jail. She was formally read her pending charges. She was accompanied by a packed courtroom, media, and her soon-to-be ex-husband, Al Stauk, as well as Gannon's mother, Landon. Letitia had two attorneys present. I do not know if they are court-appointed attorneys or if she had hired these on her own behalf. However, Tisha hid behind one of the attorneys the majority of the hearing. 
She was hard to miss with her bright lime green attire. It was obvious Tisha did not want to be seen and caught on camera from media. She did not speak one word. She sat stone-faced, no emotion or remorse shown on her face or body language. Her placement in the courtroom was a little bit strange and different from what I've seen before, which may be totally normal, but she wasn't at the tables facing the judge where you would have your defense and then you'd have the prosecution at the other table. Her and one of the attorneys was in the jury panel box, like off to the side of the courtroom, and she obviously had security, but I didn't know if they had placed her there purposely for her behavior and attacking people, if they had thought maybe she would be at risk for having another episode. I just thought that, that was kind of something important to note. Al Stauk did file for divorce on March 5th with no spousal maintenance, as well as no money awarded to cover attorney or court fees associated with the divorce. He also ordered the family dog, a blue English bulldog named Sadie, be returned to Al immediately. So who knows where the dog is currently, if she is in South Carolina as well or not. Since the return to Colorado, there has been a leaked phone call from an unknown source. And what I mean by unknown source is I don't know her name. She's not associated with Tisha. I have no idea if she is even from Colorado. She contacted Tisha on Facebook or some form of social media and Tisha called her from a burner phone or a phone app. Tisha was not aware the call was being recorded and the source actually promised during the call that she wouldn't use this against her or leak it to the public. Well, like it always does, the call was leaked. You can find it on YouTube under the channel name Dad with a Phone. I'm not sure if his channel has since been taken down or if he was in Facebook jail. I listened to it multiple times actually. It's definitely Tisha's voice. There wasn't any confession or incriminating information spilled. Tisha just lied and spun her web and told her stories like she always does, made herself look and sound really stupid in my opinion. I just can't get over the flashbacks to that interview with Tisha when she had her back turned away from the camera. There was a white van in the background and it's now been confirmed that that wasn't a media van at all. And it was actually Tisha's van moving her things back to South Carolina. I get a gut-wrenching feeling that maybe Gannon was in that van the whole time inside the suitcase. While she pleaded to the public, she is innocent and deserves an apology. In my own theory, I believe she has hidden and moved the body multiple times. Searchers were probably on her tail more than not, especially after finding a sock and a bloody 2x4. I think Tisha was keeping track of where search parties were looking. She knew they were getting too close, so she probably moved him multiple times, hence the 955 miles she put on in that rental car. Then ultimately, somehow she was able to transport Gannon across the country without anyone knowing or with the help of her family driving back with her. I was able to communicate with an anonymous source. She is a member of the community in Lorson Ranch. 
I wanted to add a few words from her. It really hits home how much this has devastated the entire community. I'm still praying for the family, the friends, and community. This is going to take time to heal. Quote, crushed. I was with my neighbor and we both just cried. Being told he's no longer alive is one thing. Being told his remains have been found in a suitcase that was tossed off the side of a bridge is another. It squashed every hope of him maybe still being alive. Finding out he suffered, that he was shot, stabbed, and beaten breaks your heart. We're glad he was found so he can be laid to rest properly, but haunted by how his last minutes on earth were. He suffered and was no doubt scared and in pain. We want justice. We still have our blue porch lights on and we'll keep them up until this monster is sentenced for what she did to him. I don't know that I'll ever take mine down. I ordered mine on Amazon right after he went missing and I remember thinking Ganon would probably come back home before they arrived. I thought he had ran away. Now I can't bring myself to take them down. End quote. I want to hear your theories and comments about this case. You know where to find me on Facebook and Instagram at Pocketful of Crime. I look forward to reading your comments. I will continue to follow this case and update you on any new information. This is it for my update. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe if you aren't already. Go over and give me a rating and a review. They help my channel grow. I upload new episodes each Wednesday. Stay healthy, my friends. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Until next time, stay weird, my friends. Oh, and one more thing. Hi, Mom.